two on one. Stone with Stevenson. Stone stops, shoots, he scores! The double fist pump, the high five with White Cloud, the embrace with Stevenson, shorthanded goal, the captain, Mark Stone. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Misfits to champions. The Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup in 2023. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace. Lindsey Brown, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Okay, so there's a couple of things we got to do right off the bat. (laughs) And what's that? Who'd have ever imagined? First show this season, it's Ryan Wallace, it's Lindsey Brown. It's the Paul Rudd me. Yeah. Like, who would have ever thought that it'd be you and me opening up this season of the VGK Insider Show. Look at us. We're doing the thing. <laughs> we are thought? doing the thing. Not me. Just like the Vegas Golden Knights did a thing last year, and that is Cup in Six, a prophecy fulfilled. The Vegas Golden Knights are reigning Stanley Cup champions. We are back on the airwaves. Darren Millard, he'll be along in a couple of weeks. Chris Chapman, we're going to try to get him on at some point today. I know how much everybody misses catching up with Chapman. To a degree, I miss it too. You haven't had enough time off? Um, Listen, I've had enough time off. I'm sure. excited. I'm ready. Like, to, in a lot of ways, I don't know that I'm ready for the season to start because it feels to me like I just left game five. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. And, you know, that's where we'll start here, right? Because you were at game five. You got to be a part of this Stanley Cup championship run for the Vegas Golden Knights. And you and I haven't had a a lot of opportunity to talk since then. So your experience kind of going through that, because for me, right, like it's the second time I've done it. Now, obviously, it was the first time we were on the right side of history, but the second time it was, I I knew what to expect. What about you? Well, are you talking about game five specifically or just the overall experience? Because uh, I I had the plan to be at the the cup celebration, all that. Like I knew that was that we were gonna win that game on that night. Like we okay, all kind of oh, knew. Hold on, hold on. When when did you know? What th- that they were gonna win? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, after I I just even though they lost that that game down there was a game three. Yeah. Uh, I was like, don't don't be deterred. Don't okay. be deterred. <laughs> okay. I I wasn't worried about this team. I I generally wasn't. That was before we kind of knew about Matthew to Chuck and whether or not he was going to be included in the lineup because that was a huge deal. Uh, But I I just – the team felt like it was on a mission that they knew they had unfinished business and they had been there before, so they Mm -hmm. weren't going to be overwhelmed by the moment. And so I I felt like they were going to get it done that night at home. And, I again, I was planning to be on the ice for that, but then I got a call to do some post-game analysis. Uh, for in a TV studio, and so I had to make a split second decision myself. Be like, do I want to see this and witness this, or sure. do I want to go chase it? So I chased it. I yeah. didn't get to see it, but I left after the first period, and so really? I got to see Mark Stone's goal, which w- sticks in my mind as just 
uh, probably the most prolific moment of the entire run. I know there's so many of them, mm-hmm. and we're yeah. going to get into those today over the course of the show, and the listeners are going to be bringing the, big, the biggest fans in the world are going to bring those to us. But that goal, it, it being shorthanded, he throws on the brakes and then goes top shelf far side. I was just like, my God, there, there, there was no stopping that team. No, no, there and really we knew, wasn't. And now we know he had a broken wrist. Well, he had a broken like, what wrist. The, what the hell? Gets the hat trick, and, and yet – like, we're going to get into signature moments, and mm-hmm. that's really where I wanted to start this show. We're going to talk a little bit about Riley Smith, and and obviously a, a big, big uh, moment for Riley over in the Battle for Vegas. He had a, a big night there, mm-hmm. kind of his send-off unofficially from the Las Vegas Valley, but how the Golden Knights go about replacing Riley Smith, what he does five-on-five, five, How who's going to play with William Carlson. We're going to get into the penalty kill. How do you... How do you kind of mitigate not having one of your most consistent penalty killers and one of your most consistent performers on the power play as well? We're going to get into that in hour number two. We're going to hit you with one-timers, as we mentioned. We're going to try to get to Chris Chapman at some point today. Uh, brand new studio, I should mention. Like the, Very I, fancy. I, I don't know what it sounds like over the air. I, I, I know everyone's missed us, so rose-colored glasses are probably out there. Um, but I feel like I sound good. I feel like, I, like we all look good, so we're ready to go uh, dig into this one. And right now we want to hear from you 702-876-1340 that's the number ordinarily we do this on a monday we didn't have a show on a monday we didn't have a show on a tuesday this is our first show so we want to hear from you we want to open up the phone lines and specifically what i'm after is signature moments from the vegas golden knights stanley cup championship run and the biggest part of this is you know when you look at certain championships how things are won from time to time there's a big dramatic moment in the cup clinching game that didn't really happen for the Vegas Golden Knights this time around. And listen, I'm not going to trade it for anything in the world because simply it was a party in game number five pretty much from the time Mark Stone scored that shorthanded goal until the Golden Knights put up nine on the Florida Panthers to win that game nine to three. It was a party. It was an atmosphere. It was one of those moments I'm never going to forget as somebody that covers a National Hockey League team. I was so lucky, so fortunate to be in the building. But there wasn't that signature moment, I'm going to argue, from that game. So with that being said, I want to know from you, Mm. over the course of the playoff run, over the course of this Stanley Cup championship run from the Vegas Golden Knights, what were your signature moments? What moments stood out most to you that kind of gave you an idea this team was different? All right, well, we already have people lined up because this is what what the the Golden Knights fandom does. We got Paletti first. How you doing, Mm -hmm. my friend? I am doing incredibly well, and it feels so good to be calling in to the Insider Show with my new name for the first time, and I, I absolutely love it after an off-season change. So, uh, yeah, I, I do apologize, Lindsay, for confusing you a little bit. It is a difficult name to get your head around the first time. Um, honestly, I, I don't think, for me, I don't think there is that signature moment for me. I think... I think everything, the the ups and the downs for just for the entire run, I, I think, I think, make. I don't think there was that moment that stood out for me, and I, I know I'm probably in the minority with that opinion, but but yeah, I don't think there's there's anything that good, uh, that, that stood out in particular. But how are both of you? How was your off season, Ryan? I saw you went on holiday in California, was it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I uh, got out for a little while. I, I did a couple of different things. There were some uh, 
nice little moments with the family, but uh, it all culminated uh, last week with a, a trip to Disneyland and a trip to California, the beach. We, we really dug into that. We really had uh, a nice bit of time just together with the family, and that's what we were hoping to do going into this season. The, the off-season was short, but as, as I mentioned really off the top of the bat, I, we get to go back to work with the Stanley Cup champions, so um, I'm looking forward to that immensely, so thanks so much for asking. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get started. I'm ready to, uh, to dig into a, what I hope is a, a successful defense of the Stanley Cup for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yes, a successful a successful defense would be good. Now, not not to look too far ahead. If if a successful defense were to happen, where do you think that puts Vegas um, in? You know, any sort of you know potential teams of all time? Because you've got the Tampa argument, you've got the Pittsburgh argument, you've got the Islanders from the early '80s argument. Different game at that point, I get it. But you know, you've got all these different arguments. Where do you think that puts? Where do you think that puts the Golden Knights? Well, I, I think for the Golden Knights, like if they were able to defend successfully, then you're talking about a team that over the course of seven seasons, right, has made it to two Stanley Cup finals. Well, that, they would then be three Stanley Cup finals. They, they would win two out of the three. You just don't get to see that, right? Like I, I don't know that I'd use the word dynasty. I, th- I feel like you've got to win three in a row is, is kind of where I'm at or two and two and or four, four and five years, somewhere in that. Like, I don't, I don't view the Chicago Blackhawks as a dynasty. Not at all. Cause they like, won every other year. They won every other year. Like I, I, I need at least a couple in a row and probably three and four, four and five, something like that before I'm really looking at dynasty. I, I feel like we're a little bit too casual with that word. Um, and thanks Paletti for the call. More or less to me, like it, it would just be reinforcing, right? What the Golden Knights have been able to do and what they've built from day one. You didn't know what you were going to get out of the expansion draft. Nobody saw what the Golden Knights were able to do year number one as, as a, a possibility. And yet it happened. And all this organization has done from that day forward was make it sustainable. And I think for the Golden Knights, like you look at this team, the only time they haven't made it to a final four was not a major, and missing the playoffs entirely. That's it. Outside of that, they have been to the Final Four every other season that they've been in this league. There are so many teams that would love to have that track record, Mm -hmm. and they just don't. So I think it reinforces this Golden Knights team as one of the best in this era right now. But as you mentioned, they're going to need that next championship. They're going to need two, maybe three more. Yeah. In order to be a team that I think you you look at and say, okay, this is on par with the New York Islanders or on par with the Edmonton Oilers or on par with those teams that were so dominant and maybe running away with the president's trophy too. Yeah. I, although I wouldn't really want to do that because it usually doesn't work out well for the teams that win those. <laughs> doesn't work so out for I, we don't really want that trophy, yeah. but it's weird because this is like most businesses results driven. Mm-hmm. 100%. And so I understand like the, the flippant use of the word dynasty and goats and everything else. But I think we need to find a way to create a different category for the teams that are right there mm-hmm. because there's so many squads. Like, I think about the the battles that the Chicago Blackhawks went against the L.A. Kings yeah. during all those years where they meet in the conference finals, and whoever won that, that was going to go on and win the Cup. And and so those are lost to history. Maybe that's the fate that they all earn because champions are the only things that we truly remember. Sure. But I, I t- I'm right with you in terms of your argument about them being right there as one of those elite teams because it's not very common, at least over the course of, of my hockey watching career and playing career um, and understanding of the history, 
that you, you see teams that win those championships like the Islanders, like the Oilers way back in the day too, but it's just as big of a deal to make it into the conference championships. Mm-hmm. And so I'm willing to say that, like, like I said, I'm, I'm brainstorming a different term that's not dynasty, it's not contender, because, like, everybody uses those too much. There needs to be a different category mm-hmm. um, because it, it is really special what they've been able to do, but in terms of getting it across the line of everybody else's definition, I go two and three, but even two isn't enough anymore because you have the recent championships between the Lightning, the Penguins, and the the Blackhawks. And so if you don't supersede their totals, I I don't really put them in the conversation. Well, I mean, you you look at Tampa Bay, right? Like, they went to three Stanley Cup finals in a year, in in a row, and they won two of them. Dynasty or no? I I would think so, but I think Dynasty's that third one. I I agree. I I think that's the, if we're going to go with the common definition. Yeah, but to me, like, you got to win it. Right. Like the fact that they did not find a way to get by the avalanche. And listen, I'm not taking anything away from Tampa and what they were able to do. No, they were a banged up team going into that series. But the fact of the matter is, in order to be a dynamic, like in order to set yourself apart or touch what has happened before. Right. Mm -hmm. Like because you're you're talking about the Islanders four in a row like that. That is a massive undertaking. And and it won't happen again. No, because as close as the Golden Knights have been, we're talking about one right now. Mm -hmm. And, And it's very likely just given how things are shaping up in the Pacific Division, uh, looking at the Western Conference, like I expect, I fully expect, this isn't a hot take or anything. I expect the Golden Knights to be right in the mix again this year. I mm-hmm. think they're making the playoffs. I think they're going to be on another one of those deep runs. And we know now what to expect out of Jack Eichel in the playoffs. We know now what to expect out of Bruce Cassidy and pulling the right strings and finding the right combinations. There's no real reason why the Golden Knights aren't and shouldn't be considered the favorite right now going into the season. Yeah, and they're getting overlooked once again by a lot of the national pundits that didn't give them a chance last year, right? Mm-hmm. And and I'd rather be in that position. By all means, think somebody else is, is better <laughs> equipped. Like, all oh, the Avalanche are going to come back. They're not the same without Gabriel Landeskog. And guess what? No. He's not coming back this year. He won't be back this year. I don't care what junior teammate you traded for, for Connor McDavid to make him feel happy and nice until they know how to play the right way and not score five, six goals a game. Like, you have to win 2-1 to one in the regular season. You have to learn that over and over and over again and mm-hmm. prove that in order to rely on that I don't think they're ready to make that commitment and who else LA good luck with the two divas Here, uh, the, the Dubois well, and then Kevin Fiala and the beautiful thing about Dubois is we saw it firsthand right yeah. we saw it firsthand against the Winnipeg Jets in round number one for the Vegas Golden Knights Pierre-Luc Dubois was phenomenal in game number one mm-hmm. and a ghost the rest of the series so is the rest of that roster well it's true but, but that's but- the thing if, if there's a time for him to step up and show mm-hmm. like I'm a young not even upcoming talent anymore because he is that well-known of a name. Like, you need to show more than what you did. But I would say the same thing to Kyle Connor. I would yeah. say the same thing to, to multiple people on their team. So when they showed up for that elimination game, they were like, yeah. I knew it was over in warm-ups because I always that- stand down in that corner, and I'm just like, sure. these guys are already on the golf course. Is that your signature moment? I mean, it's definitely probably the first one. <laughs> it's it's the- definitely probably the first one. Okay, so I'm going to give you one from each series. Okay. Okay, and, and we're going to get to more phone calls I- yeah. in just a moment. Stephanie's 70- waiting, and I've already hung up on her once. I'm awesome. Sorry. 702-876-1340. I want your signature moments from the Golden Knights Stanley Cup run. We've got some time. We have some separation from getting to see what Vegas was able to do through those four rounds in the playoffs. Your signature moments, I want to hear from you. Uh, but I'm going to go against Winnipeg. It's Michael Amadio. It's Michael Amadio, mm. double overtime goal, game three. The Golden Knights had that big 4-1 lead. Winnipeg comes back, ties it late in the third period. It seems like the tides are turning. And then who is it? Plan E, Michael Amadio in overtime. Beautiful goal. Mm. And I think that was the game where the, the Winnipeg Jets lost Josh Morrissey. And that was a big one. 
And that was a big, big talking point, turning point in, in terms of that series. But the simple fact is Michael Amadio on, on, in one of the biggest moments shows up. And again, it, it speaks to Bruce Cassidy, the trust that he has in his team, putting Amadio on the ice in that, in that moment. It, it pays immediate dividends for the Vegas Golden Knights. So that's a signature moment for me, specifically from the Winnipeg series, round number one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. 702-876-1340. That's the number. Let's head out to the phone lines. Bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie. How you doing? I'm doing amazing. How are you guys doing? Excellent. We're fantastic. So uh, before I forget, I know I said on uh, on Twitter that the save obviously would be my number one moment. But going into the other series, I think that a, a huge statement moment was uh, Eichel stripping the puck from McDavid and getting the empty netter. Like just what a statement that was. Yeah, that was an incredible play. The one where they uh, Eichel stripped McDavid was able to get that back up the ice and make that huge play. That's a definitely one up there. And that Edmonton series in general, I felt like that was the biggest point where we're like, will they, won't they? Are they able to really get things together? And especially after that first game where Leon Drysdale had their first goals. I mean, was it four of them, right? Absolutely four, unbelievable yeah. for them to come back in that series and I think rely on that that discipline that had been built up over the course of the regular season under Bruce Cassidy that won out in the end. And, and it's in plays like that where you see Jack Eichel making the right play and then being able to execute on it. Uh, that was a series. Yeah, it was it, it was just a moment that, you know, there was so much talk about Eichel finally getting into the playoffs. Is Eichel going to be there in the playoffs? Is he going to be worth it? And, you know, pitting number one McDavid against number two Eichel. And, you know, he, he uh, summarized how that series went in one play. It was it was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for your call, Stephanie. And, and that that rivalry, the, the 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 draft picks, the one and two, Jack Eichel, Connor McDavid, finally meeting in the playoffs. Everybody talks about how great Connor McDavid is, and guess what? He is. Mm-hmm. He is. Yeah. And and most people would say if we had to redraft it, it's going to be the same result that's going to play out over and over again. But from what we saw last year, and are you as you already highlighted, Ryan, the the change in his game in the playoff. There's a different level that he mm-hmm. reached, mm-hmm. and I think there's a whole lot of space left to grow. Sure. And that's kind of where I wanted to go in our number two when, it ta- when, when I'm talking about Riley Smith. And there's a, a, there's a spot for Jack Eichel, I think, to take his game to another level. There's a spot for Jack Eichel to get himself into the conversation of Selkie Trophy. There's a spot for Jack Eichel to change completely this idea of who he is as a player and what he does so well. Because there's been an idea of overall player. At least that's been a talking point over the last 24 hours in the National Hockey League world. And I want to get into why I believe Jack Eichel could become Mm. one of the top all-around players in this league under Bruce Cassidy. That's going to be the expectation. As much as we sit here and think about, okay, Jack Eichel, 100 points in the regular season. I, I don't need 100 points from Jack Eichel. Correct. I don't need. I it's don't nice. Want, and, and I'll be honest, I don't want it. I don't want it. Going into last year, I wanted Jack Eichel at 100 points. But after watching his game mature and grow, watching the defensive responsibility, his awareness, his, his big-time plays in key moments that helped a team win a championship, I don't need 100 points from Jack Eichel. I'm perfectly happy with an 82-point player that gets it done in the playoffs. Are you willing to say that Jack Eichel is a better overall player than Connor McDavid right now? I said I wasn't going to throw any hot takes out there. I mean, it is the first I, day. I Listen, okay, here's the deal. I think Jack Eichel is built to win in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Which, which, okay, again, right? Like going into last year, before we had seen him in a National Hockey League playoff game, I don't think there's anybody that would have said that, much less believed it. Correct. And yet there are countless moments. Stephanie just brought up the moment, right, where Jack Eichel strips Connor McDavid, scores into an empty net, and that's how the Golden Knights win a game. That's huge. That's a big moment. And as much as you look at the fancy stats and the points and everything for Connor McDavid, the cap hit is what it is, and he's still underpaid, and you still can't win with it. Correct. You still can't because you got it. his twin. Be- because you, you have, have two of you them. You have two guys Correct. that want the puck on their stick all the time. You've got two guys that do almost all of their damage, or at least fifty-five percent of their damage on the power play. And in the playoffs, I don't care what anybody says; it's a different game. Yep. You adjust to the standard, and as soon as the Golden Knights adjusted to the standard against the Winnipeg, uh, against the Edmonton Oilers, se- series was over. Yeah, series Correct. was over. Correct. No, and and when the the Golden Knights walked into their building in that clinch game, yep. well, like I look at that Mark Stone goal in the in the Cup clincher, but then mm-hmm. I look at just the overall performance of Jonathan Marchessault. Sure, yeah, he was already on heater at that point. That's where he won the con Smythe for me. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's where it was because it wasn't just the fact that he had the Hattie, right? It sure. was the fact that he did it in their building where they had. Plenty of, of of steam behind them as well, right? You have Petrangelo that's out. You have Nar- Darnell Nurse that you want to talk about making prohibitive decisions. That's a prohibitive de- decision right there. Thank God they re-signed Evan Bouchard to help them out, but uh, or at least continue to do what he does as a defenseman. Because, but there's they don't know how to score five on five. Mm-mm. They only no. score power play. They need to have this overwhelming dominance over the team to score, and it's all pretty. It's all great. We can hit the back door. We can do the four goals in the first game. Mm-hmm. But then there's no adjustment, and I haven't seen them make any moves that would – um, communicate that that adjustment is going to be able to be made because they're so deep in the contracts. Mm-hmm. Jack Campbell's contract, their goaltending situation still isn't figured out, and they're supposed to be the biggest competition, and they still don't know how to play. They're they're a team that's going to run and gun it. Yep. They're a team that's going to rely on the power play, mm-hmm. and they're a team that can't keep the puck out of their own net. Correct. Like, in it, the biggest just, moments, they it's can't. It's just what it is. It's yep. just what it is. And then, like, okay, as much as this is kind of a comeback, I'm not going Jack Eichel here. And that moment from Stephanie is, is a big one. It's huge. I, I love it. Uh, the signature moment for me against the Edmonton Oilers was Alex Petrangelo. Alex Petrangelo versus the entire city of Edmonton. Alex Petrangelo fed up with, frankly, the desire from the Oilers to make it as chippy and nasty as possible. Because why? can't score any other way than on the power play. Correct. All they, want, you. all they wanted was retaliation from the Vegas Golden Knights. And it was going to continue to happen unless somebody made a stand. And yes, it cost Alex Petrangelo game. Yes, Alex Petrangelo had to sit out in game five. He had to sit on the sidelines during a five-minute major where the Golden Knights had to find a way to bend, not break against that vaunted power play from the Edmonton Oilers. They bent. They did not break. They won that game. Then they go on the road and clinch it. But the fact that Petrangelo took it upon himself to say, you know what, if the refs aren't calling anything, if they're not going to get the first penalty, I'm going to make sure they get this one. Are you endorsing his naughtiness? 100%. Wow. Uh, Not only am I endorsing the naughtiness, I'm endorsing the press conference after. I'm endorsing the, you know what, I'm doubling down. They want to they wanna run around. They want to be ridiculous. They want to do this. I'm not going to stand for it. Right. I'll do it again. Like it, it, I'll show it, you what a penalty is. Yeah, absolutely. You want to like, throw the, the ridiculous ticky stack, tax stuff, that's fine. I'm going to yeah. give you a real penalty. And I don't really care. Yeah, and that and one was, was textbook. Perfect. Yep. 
Because Dreisaitl wasn't the same player. He wasn't the same player. And we're not condoning that to all the young hockey players out there that think that they can cut corners. That is not the way to go about this, okay? What I'm saying is sometimes you have to stick up for yourself in different ways. That's true. And that just happened to be the way for Alex Petrangelo to stick up for himself. And, by extension, the Vegas Golden Knights. 702-876-1340. That's the number we got. Yeah. Lou! Lou! Lou, what up, Lou? How are you doing, Lou? What brings you to the show today, Lou? Hey, great to hear you guys. Ryan, great to have you back. Lindsay, great to hear you. And I got to tell you, it is so weird that Darren is missing a show. I mean, I, I'm astounded. I, I, I can't imagine that the Cal Ripken of the Insider Show, a guy that never misses, would be missing on day one. Well, he's got a couple more victory laps to take around. You know, it only ended 10 weeks ago, and the Mallard is one of the top-level talents in this business, so we'll let him take a, just a couple more days off. We're happy to be here today, and we're happy that you called in to talk to us today. Anyways, Lou. You know, um, and, and I'm sure he just wants to make a grand entrance. He doesn't want to come in with the rest of the team. He needs the spotlight to himself. But uh, that being said, you know, I don't have I'm, – I'm like a lot of other people. Um, I don't have a signature moment, uh, you know, on the run. Um, Lindsay, I think you said at the beginning of the show, and it's kind of the one thing that really is stuck in my head is Mark Stone's first goal in the deciding game, which was just, it, it was like watching a guy skate down against his kids, you know, mighty might team and just taunt them and then and, and put the puck in the net. It, it was, it was absolutely magical. And it was just great to see. I mean, to, to not only finally have a team in my town, or my former town, but to uh, to have a Stanley Cup was just absolutely awesome. I actually, Darren, uh, Ryan, I I made the drive up to go to the parade from Mexico just to experience that for the first time. Wow, that's that's commitment, my friend. How long was the drive? Uh, it's about a seven-hour drive. Woo! Drove seven hours to come up to the big time parade, Ryan. Can you believe it? Um, I can believe it because Papa Lou's committed, and and that doesn't surprise me one bit. What what stood out most to you from that day? Obviously, uh, William Carlson's speech, but you know, um, the, I don't know if you saw this, Brian, when you were down there. It's one thing that stood out to me. It had really nothing to do with the parade. It was the two guys that got into the fight. Very little activity in, in you know near the arena. It was a great crowd. But the two guys had gotten into a fight before the team got there, and as Metro broke them up and started hauling them away, the crowd chanting, shame, 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 shame. It was epic. That's incredible. I didn't hear that story because I, I was back home uh, for that weekend, so I didn't get to go to the parade, but that's actually hilarious. There's nothing like the the carryover bits that yeah. come from the arena that make their way into into the uh, outside world. I'm all I'm all about the shame. I love that. That's phenomenal. Like <laughs> you, you got you gotta like lean into it in those moments. And and to be honest, like it's a championship parade. Why are you fighting? Yeah, correct. Fight. Cool your jets. Feel, feel cool your the jets. Shame. Mix in the water. It. Lou's doing it. Lou drove seven hours from Mexico to make it here, and now you're ruining the time. Like Lou, like have these people show some respect to the champions, right? And their procession through our town. Next year will be better. Uh, absolutely. Hey, it's great to have you guys back. Thanks for letting me in, and looking forward to hearing you guys for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Thank you so much for calling. We're happy to hear you back in another lap that we're all about to embark on for the Vegas Golden Knights and the VGK Insider Show. It's a party. It is. Do you feel it? I, no, the energy? Like, I, I had no doubt. Like, I had no doubt that the energy <laughs> was going to be high. Again, as I mentioned, I'm I'm surprised just in general. Like, as you, you, Lou kind of brought up Mallard and, 
you know, we, we don't have Mallard today. We'll, we'll have Mallard at some point here. He will be future. here eventually, he, people. He, as as someone said on Twitter, fashionably late, as, yeah. as Mallard is known to be. Yeah, and Lou said he likes to make an entrance, so all these things will be true. 100%. We're all going to be, like, clicking on all cylinders. Mallard's yeah. going to come in I'm like in the here. battering ram of the door. You take <laughs> me and my four concussion, slam me against the big old wall, and then eventually Mallard will come in and usher you guys into a new golden age. Same thing. Oh, there it is. Uh, same thing with Chapman. Right? Yeah. Like, well, Chapman's all ready to go. I'm sad for him. I, I am too. And and the fact of the matter is, like, Chapman, Chapman was kind of doing that thing, right? Like, where, you know, you get away, right? Uh-huh. You, this is vacation, right? Everything's vacation. Until I have to be out of vacation mode, I'm not out of vacation mode. No. But Chapman, Why would you? But Chapman was doing the thing, like, hey, so, uh, you know, what, what, what kind of things you want to get into? Yeah, I'm he like, was yeah, that's, that's a next week problem, buddy. Not mm-hmm. a this week problem. Like, buddy. I'm on the beach, bro. Yeah. Leave and me then, alone. And then. Dude's not even here. Yeah. Dude's not even here. But as, as we mentioned, we're going to try our best, our level best at some point in time here today to get Chris Chapman on the radio waves because we know how much you love catching up with him. So that's likely the direction that we're going to do. However, we're going to take a break right now. We're going to come back with some more of our signature moments mm. from the Golden Knights Stanley Cup championship run because, oh, yes, I don't know if you've picked up on this. I don't know if it's been too long since we've been on the air. But the Golden Knights are freaking Stanley Cup champions. Still. Still Stanley Cup champions. And the defense starts in just about 30 days. So buckle up, get ready. We've got a lot more to get to here on the VGK Insider Show. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Rolling along here on a Wednesday, Vegas Golden Knights. Stanley Cup champions. I don't know if you heard. Oh, they are. Yeah, the Vegas Golden Knights are Stanley Cup champions. And I felt it would make a lot of sense if today, being our first show back for this upcoming season, if we went through signature moments from the Vegas Golden Knights Stanley Cup run, we've enlisted not just yours and mine, but those from our callers, those from our listeners, 702-876-1340. That's the number. I'll throw it out one more time. Sneak a couple more in here. Uh, but let's hear from Casey. Casey's on the line. She was holding over uh, the break. So, Casey, what's going on? How's it going? Welcome back. Welcome back. Stanley Cup champs. <laughs> Excited to be back, uh, Case. It is. Um, so, my signature moment, Ryan, you talked about it um, before the break, was the uh, Petrangelo five-minute major, how he fought back, you know, not condoning. I don't like how teams play that way. I like to play with just the speed instead of all the physicality. But in some moments, you need it, and we needed him to step up in that moment, make, you know, do what needed to be done. And that stop in the five-minute major was I held my breath almost the entire time. I'm surprised I didn't pass out. But to me, that was the signature moment because everybody felt like whoever won that series was going to go to the cup and have a high, high chance of winning it. So to me, that was my signature moment. I thought that was the clear-cut turning point in – jolting them into the Stanley Cup championship. Yeah, I love that because, again, as I mentioned, there's there's a certain degree of, of liberties that are going to be taken over the course of a playoff run, and we've seen it over the course of the Golden Knights history, but the simple fact is you've got to draw a line in the sand at some point. You've got to draw a line and say enough is enough. I'm not going to handle it. And there were a, a number of runs, specifically Evander Kane taking a run at Alex Petrangelo after the period had ended that went – 
it was a penalty, but it wasn't really a situation where I, I feel like Evander Kane should have been back in the game or back in the series. So the fact that Alex Petrangelo took it upon himself to go out there and draw that line, this is a line that will not be crossed again, I, I thought was huge. And then it's the team, right? You mentioned it as, as I kind of talked about it. Going out there in a game without Petrangelo, your best penalty killer. And finding a way to kill off that five-minute major. Yeah, they allowed a goal, but that was their that was their wiggle room, and they they did not break. That was a huge, huge moment for me. I, I love where your head's at. Yeah, I mean, even though you had um, like Nick Haig, you know, taking punches left and right and just smiling. That's how I want to see it played. Um, but you know, sometimes you have to just to draw that line, as you said. So that was my my uh, Stanley Cup uh, signature moment. Awesome stuff, Casey. Thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it. I, I love that moment. There's still a couple of more that, that I've got, uh, a couple that I, I, I want to throw out there before you know we kind of finish this up. But uh, I want to go back to the phones and uh, get on our next call. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, Mike, you're on the air with us. Welcome back, my friend. Happy hockey season. Oh, thanks. You snuck up on me, guys. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, I didn't realize it would be a Wednesday start to the new year. This is oh, great. Oh, come on. We're, we're, we're dealing with Stanley Cup champions here. There's no time frame. There's no schedule that that isn't going to to work for us. We're we're going on a Wednesday. We're starting on a Wednesday, and we're starting with phone calls. No excuse for an old radio guy to miss day one. There just isn't. I'm so sorry. At any rate, I think the highlight for me was, and this is crazy, but we were the only people at City National. I guess um, there were three of us uh, taking pictures the day Bruce Cassidy was coming to town for the first time. And it's a strange highlight because I've got pictures of my golden retriever, Goldie, and I, and we're, we've got this big sign, Welcome to Vegas, Coach Cassidy. And I think from that moment on, I, I was a believer that we could actually do something this year. I, I don't disagree with you, Mike. I, I remember being on the air the day that Bruce Cassidy was announced through his introductory press conference all of the things that he talked about, right? A little bit more freedom offensively, mm-hmm. a little bit more creativity offensively, a goaltender-friendly system, the asks that he was going to have from his defensemen, buying in, knowing what you need to do at the times you need to do it in order to win playoff hockey. Bruce said all the right things that day and then followed it up throughout the entire season by finding a way to pull the right strings and push the right buttons with this team. Yeah, that's what was so impressive. I just knew this was a different guy. And all the media people that I know said he was a completely different interview than the previous coaches. He was open. He was honest. He was brutal at times. Some of the players were stung a time or two by Bruce Cassidy. But he was the one linchpin that changed everything for me. Now, on the ice, real quick, it was the final victory against Edmonton. At that moment on May 15, I knew this season was going to end up with Mark Stone hoisting the cup. I just knew it. Yeah, that's great stuff, Mike. Thanks for the call. Thanks, I hope Mike. you had a great summer. Uh, it's kind of hard not to, right? Golden Knights are Stanley Cup champions. Oh, it's a victory um, parade. It, it is. But I, I think that, you know, to a degree, getting by the Edmonton Oilers was a big hurdle because that was the closest the Golden Knights ever came to elimination. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that was the moment. And, and listen, I know it was a six game series against Dallas, too. But like, really, was it 
Yeah, was when it? Pav was out for as yeah. long as he was, it was going to be a tough fight for them to come. And, and the, and the, and the simple fact is, I, I think that if you were to look at a team that pushed the Golden Knights to their limits, it was it was the Edmonton Oilers. And even that was, again, a six-game series. The Golden Knights did not face elimination. They did not trail in that series either. They were, by all accounts, the team last year. They were the team that peaked, that hit their stride, that found that next gear, that next level, and nobody else was close to them. No. no one else. And they stayed uniquely healthy. Oh, yeah. I don't know that you draw that up again. Like, I don't uh, know that I, you're ever going to have that two-month period. And, you know, there were some things that came out, obviously, as we mentioned. Broken wrist. Martinez probably broke his foot, per usual. Yeah, but, like, that's game five of the Stanley Cup final. Right. Right? And, and I ain't missing it. And believe me... I know what the discourse was after game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I know what the discourse was on the post-game show about Mark Stone rushing back too quick, about how if he's not 100%, he shouldn't be on the ice. Just remember, there was a reason he came back, there was a reason he didn't want to miss it, and there was a reason why Mark Stone catapulted this team to a Stanley Cup championship. Yeah, and it worked out. Like yeah. it, We could say, well, like, he knew it. it. He was coming back. He knew there was something special, but... Ultimately, that's what makes the dynasty such a uh, an elusive um, thing to achieve in this league because there's so much that's out of your control, mm-hmm. and that's what hockey's all about. Is that it's you're, you're dealing with suffering, you're dealing with unpredictability, and you're finding a way to get things done. And that's what Mark Stone does best out of anybody that I've seen in a, in a very long time of this league. And that's why I pick him over probably more talented individuals to get things done in big moments because he understands the magnitude of it and how to get it done in a way that's uniquely his. You want to call him a gamer? You want to call him clutch? It doesn't really matter to me, right? Yeah. There's there's a, a knack for performing in these big moments that Mark Stone just has. It's an it factor. He sees it. He sees the pockets where he can take advantage of it. Like, in real time, it's fascinating. And and he... Well, he thinks the game is such at such a high level, yep. right? And that's that's the biggest thing for me. Like when you watch Mark Stone away from the puck, mm-hmm. you get an understanding of how Mark Stone is always in the right place at the right time. How he's always able to come up with that puck in a fifty-fifty battle, or even a battle that's sixty-forty or seventy-thirty. You don't expect him to get there because of the wheels, and yet it's the mind, and 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 that goes beyond just the plays that he makes on the ice. He said it after the bubble. After the Golden Knights were eliminated in the bubble, he's an entertainer too. Mm-hmm. He lives for the moments that bring people out of their seats. And boy, oh boy, did he have a few of those over the course of this run. Yeah, it was um, honestly inspiring because you mm-hmm. almost forgot that he was injured for the whole for as long as he was because yeah. he he was that good and that important to the team and and they received him super well. That's not always an automatic thing either because sometimes there's a little bit of disruption, but with what he does and how much he's able to uh, affect the game, especially in the turnover mm-hmm. margins mm-hmm. near the blue lines, and then knowing when to keep the puck deep in the offensive zone. Like, there's just so many little moments that the puck either goes out of the zone or it goes somewhere else because uh, they're not as experienced. They don't really know that the next two seconds really matter because if I don't hold on to this puck, they have somebody coming off the bench and there's other two guys rushing the other way and we don't have numbers coming back. It's like, it's that's the processing power. He's two steps ahead and he knows the calculus of what could go wrong just based off of mm-hmm. how fast you're going, which way you're throwing your hips, all that. He's he's a hockey savant. Yeah, he's a, he's a different type of hockey player and an absolutely phenomenal hockey player mm-hmm. uh, to boot. Well, let's, let's sneak in one more phone call. One more phone call. Noah. Noah, what up? You're on the show. Welcome back. Hey. Hey, y'all. It must mean one thing. It must mean Golden Night time is coming back. It's awesome to hear you guys. Awesome. Thanks yeah. so much, Noah. My 
signature moment last year was in game five, the clinching game, the first goal when Stoney scored the shorthanded goal, stopped on his skates on a dime right in front of the Florida goalie and almost broke his ankles. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful goal. And, I, you know, to me, that was the one that set the tone for what the night was going to be. And, and I felt going into that game, it wasn't going to be particularly close. I thought the Golden Knights were going to win 6-1. to one. That was my official prediction on the game. Mm. And that goal from Mark Stone set the party off. It really did. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Do you have any other signature moments? I, obviously, that one's from the final, but anything else that stood out to you from the entire run? Well, I'll tell you mine, my personal one. I was, uh, so I was at game five, and it was, I think it was like 6-2 to two at the end of the second period. And I was ordering a drink, and I asked the lady if she thought they could score nine. Nine's my birthday. <laughs> and, she, and she laughed at me, and then they did. So that was my second signature moment. That's fantastic stuff. What are you looking forward to most this coming season, Noah? Man, just seeing them repeat. I can't wait mm-hmm. to see them take the victory lap. I'm going to be at game one watching them get their rings and hang that banner. And I think they can do it again, man, back to back. All right, fantastic stuff, Noah. Thanks so much for the call. Thanks, Noah. Um, really appreciate it. Let's, let's go right back to the phone lines. Yeah, and, we don't want to leave anybody hanging. No, we really don't. And to be honest with you, we've got plenty of shows between now and the beginning of the season. I want to get to as many phone calls as possible. So let's go back to the phone lines. Who yeah, Marianne, you're on the show. Welcome back. Happy hockey season. <laughs> Happy hockey season. All I can say is back to back. <laughs> Marianne, <laughs> how has the summer treated you? Oh, it's been great. I, I tried to get through that last game to talk to you, but mm. I was on hold till the wee hours in the morning and could never get in, you know. But I wasn't in the game, but I was in the parking lot in New York, New York, watching mm. it, you know, on the big screen. And I wouldn't have missed it for the world. Was I'm the, wheel, wheelchair disabled, so I couldn't really make it in, into the crowd down below. But it, mm. it is a moment I will never forget. And to me, the moment that changed everything was when we got Mark Stone back. Mm-hmm. As much as people kept saying, oh, don't fix it, you know, if it's not broken. He, I mean, all our guys are fabulous. They all play together. But Mark is their, he's their enthusiasm. And, it took, and plus he's a power play you know, champion for us. So mm-hmm. yeah, it worked out. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't disagree with you either in terms of Mark Stone, like as far as pivotal moments or, or at least personnel situations going into the postseason, Mark Stone's a difference maker when healthy. The question exactly. surrounding Mark Stone going into the playoffs is how healthy is he or how right. long will it take Mark Stone to be Mark Stone? It I know, him- but he, he stood in there and, Alex Petrangelo, kudos to him for standing up for him when he did to take that penalty because, you know, it was just ridiculous what they were doing and not calling, you know. But, and Jonathan Marshall, so he's in there too, Mm -hmm. you know, as far as trying to keep enthusiasm going. But Mark Stone's our leader and, you know, the guys, all the guys, they all play great. And we're going to be there again this year. I just know it. Great stuff, Marianne. Thanks so much for the call. Um, If there's anybody outside of Rita, that kind of deserves that moment of, I called it, I was always on Team Vegas Golden Knights, they're going to win a Stanley Cup, it's Marianne. Yeah. Beacon saw of positivity. It, saw it coming through the trees, did she? Beacon of positivity. That's didn't awesome. matter. It didn't matter what happened every time she called into the postgame show. Guys are going to figure it out. They're going to win the Stanley Cup. That's rare in this world. Yeah. Because usually people get caught up in the in the, in the the BS, I'm all, in the negatives. I'm all about the calls from Marianne and Rita. Uh, I hope... I hope you give us a call soon. Take a break. 
Set up hour number two coming up on the VGK Insider Show. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hour number two of the VGK Insider Show is coming up in just a few minutes. We're going to get to more signature moments and a little bit of discourse on Riley Smith. How do you replace some five-on-five on the power play and the penalty kill? One-timers all still to come on the VGK Insider Show.